Hey everyone, I'm Josh. And I'm Dan. And you found your way to the Last Vestige podcast. Named after a music store we went to in college to dig through cheap and used CDs in search of new music, each episode will take a deep dive into an album front to back. We'll share our thoughts on the music and whatever other interesting stuff we can dig up on the album, the artist, or anything else we come up with. No music theory or music experience is necessary, and no recording or genre is off limits. So whether you're making your living as a musician or just looking for a conversation to put on in the background, we hope you'll find something here for you. What started as an excuse for Dan and I to call each other and geek out on music became an excuse for us to start a podcast. Welcome to Last Vestige. Today, we're talking about Gold Digger Sound from Leon Bridges. Leon Bridges is from Fort Worth, Texas. A completely self-trained musician, he was signed to Columbia Records in 2014 after releasing some songs online and getting the attention of music blogs. He has two previous records to this one, Coming Home and Good Thing, as well as an EP he put out with Karunga Bin called Texas Sun. Gold Digger Sound reviewed incredibly highly when it came out and was praised for its slightly more modern sound, while still recognizably being within sound that Bridges had established on previous records. So, let's get into Gold Digger Sound. The album itself, the producer, Leon Bridges himself, somebody paid very special attention to how you are receiving this album. And they wanted it to be a story in that way. Not like a concept album story, but the album itself is is a really well-connected tapestry. Yeah. Present day events has me very appreciative of the article you sent me of Adele convincing Spotify to remove Shuffle from the option of how to play an album because, and I quote, our stories should be heard the way we intended them. Spotify shuffle by default when I play an album is not what I want. Oh, it was default? It was default. That was the problem. If you hit the big play button at the top of an album, it would shuffle the album on you. That's cruel. That is cruel. I hated it. I like the concept of an album being played in the right order. Yeah. Cool. Then I guess let's get this underway. Yeah. So Gold Digger Sound, general thoughts. So I chose this album. Yes. This is this was one of my picks. Uh it's a good pick. I yeah. So I stumbled upon Leon Bridges because I was in a Panera one time and heard a song off I think his second album. Okay. Maybe his first album. And I was like, I like this guy's sound. And so I listened to a little bit of his stuff. But when I saw this new album dropped, I checked it out and it was awesome. And then I thought it would be really good to do a deep dive on. So that's why I chose it. Yeah. General album thoughts after deep dive are that Everything on this album, everything feels very intentional and really well thought out. The instrument choices, the effects, um, the levels, like everything is super thoughtful. Yeah. And it has an awesome feel in that way. There's also some really, I found like interesting melodic stuff going on. And I'll get into it on some of the, the track by track stuff, but like, it's not just kind of scale runs. It's not yeah, just no. a, like a straight riff that runs the whole song. Like it's there, the, the melodic stuff sometimes is, I don't want to say it's all over the place. It's not all over the place, but there are like really 
ear catching intervals that are used in ways that that really make you draw attention to a part and then there are other parts that stay pretty tight that help to kind of create that nice foundation and so you don't really notice them or think about them but they're necessary yeah so the album is raw it's sexy it's full of pain and love and it just it's great i thought the album was awesome oh it's great even on a close listen it's close it rewards a close listen even my my final like wrap-up thought uh his voice the production vibes all immaculate some of this album is like legitimately beautiful and there's just like there's too much ear candy to like mention this is going to be one of those again where it's like not I'll call specific things out but like there's so much more in here. Yeah. I actually I kind of told myself not to take too much not to be too scrutinous with my notes because like you said there's so much there are little flourishes everywhere. Um and so I just kind of went for the the noteworthy hits or if something really jumped out at me on the deep dive that I never noticed before I took note of it. Yeah. But there are so many things that even jump out on the casual listen that I just kind of let it go. Yeah. It's funny too. Like I've been aware of him since I moved to Texas because he is, he's a Fort Worth boy, at least natively but I hadn't like spent a lot of time with his stuff. Mm-hmm. So I'm really glad to actually have done that. <laughs> it was like one of those ones where I was like, uh, it was like quiet shame of mine of like, Oh, I really need to listen to more of his stuff. But <laughs> that so, happens sometimes. You're, sometimes you hear could... somebody in passing and you're like, yeah. that, that person sounds great. You know, or somebody, I... re- like somebody you really trust recommends an artist. Yeah. You're like, you know, I really need to get around to listening to more of them. Yep. And you just don't. Nope. That's why we're here. Yep. That is this podcast. <laughs> Something I wrote down. I know this is from the Genius page. I think it actually linked to an Instagram post of his from Don't Worry. But he talked about kind of the inspo for the like for the whole album came from being at bars and clubs and hearing the music that was played there. And hmm. wanting to make his version of it. And I think you That's can cool. hear that like as you go on. Like there's trap production in this album, but it's not oh, yeah. it's not like a trap song. No, there were there's a lot of I mean the album, especially at first glance, is just soul. Yeah. There's R and B and soul. Yep. But if you dig into it, the drums, I noted it on a few tracks. A lot of the drums sound very digital drum machine, like produced like you'd hear on normal hip hop tracks today, but in an appropriate way or like a well-used way. Yeah. I noted it in one song and we'll get there. It starts with what is very clearly a drum machine. And by the end of it, it doesn't, it's too loose. Yeah. No, there's a lot of that. Um, Even with like, keys that shift to guitar parts or the the interplay of the instruments is really blurred yeah on some tracks but i don't remember hearing specifically drum machine 
transition to real drums, but it wouldn't surprise me on this thing. Yeah. Like the way the the way the songs bloom over time and go through these very organic transitions really would lend itself to that or or that transition would lend itself well to that. Yeah. Um and something I did want to pull from that Texas Monthly article is he, he just talks a lot about music as the outfit that he's in. Like yeah. he talks about a lot about music as an outfit, which is something I didn't I really thought was cool. It is because it works with that mentality of, you know, I made this album, it's where I'm at right now, but it doesn't mean my next album has to be that. Yeah. And it's also kind of situational. So I'll recommend it when we get to the track. There's one track that he's got a live version out there that is just a different feel than the the track on the album. And it's that, I think, is that situational thing. Like in that moment, that's the way he chose to play the track, which is different from the way it is on the album, but still, like, I don't know, speaks to his state, his, like where he is at the time. Yeah kick it off for born again i i kind of like got curious on this album and just wanted to look up all the featured artists Mm -hmm. this one features robert glasper he's a producer and songwriter and arranger uh from houston um he played keys on to pimp a butterfly uh his the list of people he's worked with is like bonkers um <laughs> and his fifth album black radio was the first in history to debut on the top 10 of four different genres what yeah wow right so i thought that was cool as hell yeah no that's really cool i mean i'm jumping ahead here but i know terrence martin he's listed as a featured artist on sweeter but terrence martin worked on this album I don't know how many tracks, but he was interviewed in that article that we were talking about. Um, And he also works pretty extensively with Kendrick Lamar. So, yeah, I guess that's just the crowd Leon Bridges is running with, which is great. I mean, yeah, that's pretty great. I mean, this song has great composition to it. And Bridges' voice on this is just, that was my, just my first note is his voice is A++. Oh, yeah. It really is. I completely agree. Um, I like that they kind of start it quieter and then kind of drop into it. Yeah, the the synth, the note that I've got first, like right off the bat, is that the synth notes have this nice bloom to them. The The tonality of it actually brought me back to our Yesair talk. Mm. The notes have that like steel drum quality. Honestly, even the way that they're being played is like halfway between keys and a steel drum. Um, yeah. This is part of that. Like I was saying, the interesting intervals that are used, it's just, it all is very emotive. It's just really cool the way it's used. Yeah. I really like this, like a falling feeling into the drum drop. That is like mm. great. Yes. I know exactly what you're talking about. And I had no idea how to describe it. That, that's perfect. <laughs> he, Kind of has like very sparse vocals in the verse after the drum drop to, I feel like, nail it home. Like once the song kind of opens up. I think the the thing that I noted is like, especially either in between or or layered with the vocals, you got the horns. But the horns are this almost 
contained like wine it really adds like this yearning feeling in it yes that i think works well with like you said the the more sparse vocals towards that point i actually caught somebody singing along with the horns too right before the verse comes back in which i thought was really cool like in the track like yeah just in the in the background you know how like jazz players will sing their part as they're playing yeah yeah there's you know this album has that like there are elements in it i didn't think to say it in the the album overview but it has parts thrown in and i'll call it out on a track or two later on that make it feel like they may have even had a mic like at the boards Mm -hmm. and so whoever was like just chilling watching the booth would occasionally like mm-hmm or maybe like start humming along with something and yeah. it just ended up on the track there are times that you just you feel like you're hanging out there so we didn't mention it but this album was recorded at a place called gold diggers yes. and so it is a hotel club recording studio which i don't know who came up with this idea but god bless you <laughs> sounds great it sounds awesome those little nuggets, Easter eggs in the album make you feel like you're hanging out there listening to it. Yeah. And oh, so that I, like you calling that out, that guy just hunt, like singing along the horns is a cool element to throw in there. Yeah. I, I felt like the tone of the horns were like, I, I didn't want to call them loose because they're not loose. They feel like they're going somewhere. They feel dialed in with their intention but they waver like they're just a little tired. Yeah, it is a little wavery. Makes sense. It, it has like an exhaustion tone to it that I think sets the mood for or sets the real feel for some of the more deep, vulnerable tracks. Yeah. It's like a vulnerability that's coming out of that exhaustion. Even just in general, like it just fits the song really well oh yeah yeah it does i do really like kind of coming out of the last chorus they drop the horns for a second only to bring Mm -hmm. them back in on feels good coming home which i'm a sucker for good drops like that and that's such a perfect (laughs) place to bring it back in yeah (laughs) also the no it's just a great track hits hard in this song it does (laughs) it does um the bass hits hard on quite a few songs yeah it does you want, the bass is strong on this album. You want to know my last note that totally blew my mind on this? Which is? what is He it? wrote these lyrics in a day. Okay, that's wild. <laughs> that's wild. Uh, it was He was like in a hotel room, and Ricky Reed, the producer, challenged him. He was like, just give me some lyrics for tomorrow. That's, that's how you get the unfiltered stuff. Right. And at first, he said at first he was like, no, and then he did it. <laughs> <laughs> I can't do it. Yeah. My last note is, did you catch the wandering shaker? I don't think I did. So I heard this. I was I was in earbuds on a walk, and I noticed this dizzying shift. I think it's the last bit of the song. There is. It's either a shaker or it's like a cinched hi hat. I'm not a drummer. I don't know what you call it. It's when you're mm. hit, like your hi hat isn't raised, and so you don't get the cymbal sound. You just get that really tight. And it wanders, so it it shifts from hard pan right for like four counts, up to eight counts, 
and then it over the course of like two counts shifts to hard pan left and then it'll stay there for like eight nice. counts and then shift back hard pan right and then it'll stay for maybe four counts and then shift back and once you catch it you lock in on it but it's so subtle that you yeah. almost don't notice it at all i never noticed it until the deep listen but it was interesting and it was huh. it was cool studio work it was it was really well done production or is the guy wandering around in the studio maybe it might be so with that uh, <laughs> i'm ready to move on to motorbike yeah same uh, i really like how the song kind of like fades into the chill guitar yep also that opening lyric we don't stop but the time do i don't know why but that hits great it does I like I like the fade in with the guitars too. This has two palm muted guitars that I think have it might I mean when I say it might be the same guitar, I don't mean it's the same guitar like one guitar playing it. I mean this might be the same guitar, the same guitar tone, everything just playing two different tracks. Okay. Because yeah. the way that they do the interplay is really similar to like stuff that that we talked about with Knopfler stuff actually where you it's almost like you composed a main line and then you split that main line so sometimes the right guitar is playing the main line sometimes the left guitar is playing the main line and then in between mm -hmm. it you get these cool little flourishes they kind of go off the beaten path and play a thing and then they trade okay and i okay. thought that was cool the also the guitar is oh, just yeah. catchy the palm mute it's really tight it's just, it sounds great. Yeah. I love that, uh, like, before the first chorus, they bring in, like, the full arrangement with everybody playing, and then they drop, just to, like, tease it, and then they drop it back out. Mm -hmm. And then it comes yeah. in, like, a few bars later. <laughs> like, fully, fully. Yeah, especially because of that, because of the way they bring everything in. This song is, like, it almost feels like it should, I, I should be saying it's too busy but I would never say that about the, the song. And, and it's because no. there's, a, there's a lot going on. All of the parts on the track are different. I mean, mm -hmm. maybe the bass and the guitar are mimicking each other here and there, but other than that, everything that's going on is really spaced out. Like you've got things that are really high octave and you have things yeah. in the really low octave and they're all doing different stuff. Yeah. No, they're it's really, really are. busy, but at the same time, it's like it emulates the feel of a motorbike cruising through a crowded street. And it's just got that smooth flow of dipping around and through traffic while all this busy traffic is going on. Yep. With another person, which calls out one of my notes which is just this song is hot as hell oh yeah no this song is awesome <laughs> the imagery of it lyrically it, it's just a really good song like yeah if there's a song that i would want to try to introduce somebody to this album i would probably start with this it's a good one because it's lighter yeah like there's there are some other real hot heavy steamy tracks on here yes and not that that's a bad intro, but this, uh, like this track off the album, it's just, it really nails the dreamy, catchy feel. 
Yeah, there's like a a weird tape sample in the bridge mm-hmm. that actually again kind of called back to like the Yaysayer album to me where you're like, I don't know exactly what this is. Yeah. Yeah. There are, there are a few times on this album that I hear effects or produce it like production on it that I'm like, I don't, I honestly have no idea how you did that. I mean, I can think of ways, but I don't know yeah. if that's how you did it, but it's real cool. I'm here for it. Also, I was reading that they were drawing on Afrobeat for this whole song like inspiration wise which as soon as they said that i was like oh no that whole guitar riff in the beginning like makes perfect sense for that yeah no I there was a second that. where i was like where where are they but where are no. they going with this <laughs> speaking of the the effect stuff where you kind of are like how'd you do that or well that's interesting there are some like really sparkly reverby shimmers you yeah. can you hear them around the breakdown like that, but those high octave shimmers, they're reverby, and then there are a few times that they just cut. Yeah, but it's repetitive cuts in the same spots. Yeah, they really love to like cut stuff out. Yeah, and then bring it back. Yeah, track. and and it's kind of weird because you get you get kind of used to a note hanging or kind of like sparkling out, and then it just drops it. It's just like it'll play it. And then the whole sound just stops. And, but you never notice it unless you're listening for it. Yeah. And so it's an interesting extra layer to that complexity of this song. Yeah. My final note about this song, too, is that the video is directed by Anderson Pock, who is a like soul hip hop singer. And we're definitely doing one of his albums soon. Okay. It just felt like very close to this one. So I wanted to like jump off it for a sec, but okay. I also didn't know he was directing music videos. No, there are a lot of videos for this album already up. So now I, I today gave myself some homework and I have to check out these videos because I really want to know visually what Leon Bridges or any directors had in mind for these songs. Yeah, that's a good point. So I didn't know there was a video for Motorbike. I know there's a video for Steam. I'm really curious to see what, what they came up with for that one. Speaking of. Steam is another one that starts with a really cool palm mute. Yeah, I actually wrote, are we back on that amen and goodbye? Yeah. But this <laughs> this palm mute riff is, there's not the, I guess, technical interplay that there was on Motorbike. This one's just a, a real straightforward, just chug with some just like steps. But it's cool, and the bass is so heavy. The bass hits really, really hard on the intro of this song, I thought. Oh my god, yeah. It's yeah, great. as soon as the chorus hit, I wrote, like, just, this is funky as hell. This, the song wastes no time getting to the chorus. It feels like they do a quarter of a nope. verse, and then they're like, no, 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 we're not, we can't wait. This is it. Yeah. We're jumping into the chorus. And it just grooves. They even do like a little solo, like guitar solo in between the first and second verse or the chorus in the second verse just to really nail home like, okay, now we're in the song. Yeah. And that guitar solo is awesome. I don't, I didn't even call it a solo. I call it kind of a guitar break, but it is a solo and it's, it's just really cool. It's not fuzzy, Nope. but it's, I don't know. It just has this electric tone to it. It moves really quick. 
It's yeah. just cool. It adds to the song in a great way. This was one that I did find the drums sound like triggers or the drums sound like a drum machine. Not in a bad um, way, but it was it it added a kind of a cool hip hop vibe yeah to the drums. Yeah. There's like a synth bass and a bass guitar in this track too. Um mm. which just adds to like so much heavy, heavy bass on kind of the album in general, but the song is definitely coming out. Yeah. I I didn't notice the synth bass when I was listening to it, but it makes sense because there are there are bass things in there that just I guess hit and hold. And so yeah. it adds that steady movement of the bass along with the the bit of... Does it kind of get into some slap bass in the chorus? It seems like some of the bass kind of kind of bounces. Yeah, and I I do think that's part of the thing, too, is they have the not... They have the, like, electric bass playing up a little bit more, mm-hmm. which kind of works. And then the synth can kind of take care of, like, the really heavy, heavy low bass. I also wrote... And underlined the first word here. No, this song is hot as hell. <laughs> it's a competition for which song is the hottest. And it, it just kind of escalates off for like, pre- yeah, pretty strong. A couple songs on this album. I said one of my notes was that this is like this song at track three. You're like, oh, okay. You, uh, you really have a good feel for explaining intimacy like you can you can really lyrically kind of dive into that intimate connection between two people and and relate it really well yes i think one one thing that highlights the feel of that really well or the i don't know the like it it makes a picture of it really well is the where he says two-step slide let's rock there's actually a little whisper response oh yeah to each of those lines yeah which is a really nice it's a cool addition it's where you kind of that's where we start to see that line blur of like are we listening to a polished album or are we in a club or are we in a living room and there are two people and you can hear them yes yeah it's a good vibe. I like it, the song. I actually is. didn't write a lot of notes for the song because I just really, I kind of just like really liked it. And I didn't have much to say besides like the vibe is really good on this song. Yeah, it is. It is. I really like the outro too, because the the song is, it's called steam, but for lack of a better way of describing it, the song is so steamy, like you're in it and we're about to move into a really emotionally charged, vulnerable song. And it's yes. kind of, it would otherwise be a really hard shift. And so I think the outro does a nice job of winding it down. It kind of, everything kind of like, boo, slows down. And then you get those nice, shimmery, higher octave little plucks. Yeah. That yeah. And draw like, you back out. We have been, it starts kind of, the album starts pretty quiet, but pretty quickly, you know, you hit the drop in Born Again, and then the last two songs, like, kind of keep escalating. So you definitely need a little bit of a come down outro. Yeah. 
Yeah, because then so. we move into Why Don't You Touch Me, which when when I first heard this song even, it stood out as a really well-done, vulnerable track. Um, initially, the guitar line reminded me of one or two Shawn Mendes songs that I've heard, which okay. is kind of a weird comparison, but I make it from the standpoint of like, especially on earlier Shawn Mendes stuff, he was a Strat player, and that was a lot of the core of the writing. And this song to me has that intro of, it's a kind of a naked guitar, just some reverb on it. Like you could almost picture Leon Bridges just sitting there on an amp or next to his amp, and he just kind of starts plucking this out yeah, introspectively. Yeah. Yeah, it just kind of digs in right there. And it's deep. It's got really nice bass work on it. It's just great. I feel bad saying this song where he, like, about a pained relationship. This is great. This song's awesome. Yeah. But it is. But it's slow, so you might not like it. Um, <laughs> you're, you're not wrong about that. I also, I don't love the lyrical theme here. Okay. We see him, he's so good at writing about intimacy and all he can come up with is relating intimacy to touch in this song. Okay. okay. And it kind of bums me out because I've heard that song. Yeah. Okay. And not even that. in a like, I've heard that metaphor mm-hmm. and I feel like he's, I feel like he's better than that metaphor, really. <laughs> so yeah. I think like... Okay. It gets to me a bit because I think you're right. He is really good at writing about intimacy. And it's not that it's bad. I think there's a much better version of this song later in the album. Okay. Basically. Okay. They're both about kind of a couple falling apart. But this one, it is all down to, right, but if you touch me, I think we could turn it around. Yeah. Okay. I I see where you're coming from on that. Mm-hmm. I want to make a case for this song from the standpoint of he doesn't it's the main theme is why don't you touch me but he does have lines like in the chorus like i'm dressing to the nines and your eyes are straying Mm -hmm. it i don't think it's the physical touch of like why aren't we having sex anymore why don't i think it's it's just the passing grays the the like sitting in the car and you reach over and like set your hand on your significant other's thigh it's the the small intimate moments that i think he's talking about yeah it's the the love not the sex i get you one thing that i thought was noteworthy is there's this little nugget of an address in there where he he kind of addresses personal immaturity. The like, maybe I just need attention. I was going to say, which favors your take on the song. He, he pretty much is like, maybe I just need too much attention. Maybe I crave too much. Like maybe it's my fault. Yeah. I think maybe that is the core of the song, but lyrically structured, it favors too much of what you're saying is too basic for his writing. And I get that. I can respect that take. Some of the other stuff in that verse too, like maybe I've been too possessive. Maybe I get too aggressive. Like 
bad vibes in context of the rest of the song. <laughs> okay. I, yeah. I'm not saying it's that. That whole verse seems like he's just kind of trying to find some reason. He's like in his mind a little frantic or a little worried, a little like panicky about yeah. why yeah. it's falling apart. And we've all been there. The spiral. I will say the song starts with a super heavy filter on the drums and guitar throughout like the whole first verse and then they like very subtly pull it off Mm -hmm. it goes into the refrain and then they pull it off when like they're they're starting to pull it off but Mm -hmm. they kind of use that vocal break refrain to like come in real hard which is just that's great production work Mm -hmm. yeah that was one thing that i noticed is like you get a taste of the guitar really clean and then it's like somebody put three wahs on it and pulled them all back. Yep. I actually wrote towards the end, is this a guitar with like a heavy wah or is this a synth? Because we're starting to get into that territory of, is this very effective or is this weird synthesizer? Only Ricky Reed has the answer. Also, I love that they pull out the guitar for like a second in the second verse just to drop it back in because again it's just that subtle like letting your ears to get comfortable with something and then taking it away and then you like it so much more when it comes back yeah oh yeah um so that was cool i liked a lot of the stuff he was doing on the song i just wasn't my bag i get it i get it um it is thematically interesting yeah. um that this song is touch centric and i kind of found the next song to also be touch centric yeah i did really like magnolias though oh magnolias is awesome actually the first time i had i heard magnolias i sent it straight to my wife <laughs> so fair um yeah. seemed it seemed necessary uh the beat drop in this one is great this is definitely one with the like trap production you're getting those really quick rolls in the Mm hi-hats and stuff like that yeah we're definitely it's it's off of soul drums and on to yep like you said the the trap production kind of drum drum beats also i love that the guitar just trails off occasionally in this song it does it just kind of meanders off (laughs) I liked guitar wise. It was, you had a chord foundation and then you also had lines kind of spelling out the vocals or kind of like, they didn't harmonize. They just were like right there in, in sync with the vocals and it added a nice, I don't know, bit to it. Oh, totally. But this was, this was a track where I found very noticeable, um, like hype man noises. Yeah. Like right as it goes into the chorus, you get a woo. Yep. And it, but it feels so natural. I, it did, it could feel really cheesy. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And I didn't feel like it was. No. I felt like it was appropriate. Yeah. It all works in the song for sure. It's yeah. funny this, seeing them in the lyric sheet. Yeah. You're like, oh, it, it woos. After the woo, a line or two after that, there's a very subtle, mm hmm. Yep. Somewhere <laughs> in there. And I didn't notice it on first listen. It took me a couple of listens, but I caught it. And it, again, just 
fits the horns hitting at like a minute and 30 seconds too. just yes oh yeah they're nice they're punchy that was another one where i was like oh this it could be corny there are other artists where if this was not their if this was not their wheelhouse and they put this a song like this in there with the kind of punchy horns you'd be like uh yes but here it is chef's kiss yeah it's a weird argument for that context because i think you're right like those horns could sound real cheesy but they don't yeah i i think part of it comes down to if you actually get horn players versus you just digitize it and throw it in i think there's a big difference Plug there stuff yeah. in with midi yeah there's a the tone on the keys in this or it might even be effects on the guitar almost has like a harpsichord sound and i really yeah. dug it it was great and it's not often that i'm like bring on the harpsichord but here <laughs> it was awesome yeah i loved that the woman who's singing on this track has like an intense phaser effect going on on her her voice yeah especially on the fade out you notice it it's it is really yeah. cool it is intense yep. it is very affected out but it again like it just all works in context with the song, i actually really so. appreciate how often you get female vocals on this album yes they're nice touches they're only there's only one track that calls out a featured artist on it which makes sense because the of the vol ink. the volume yeah the track with ink but the female vocals on here just they do add to it it doesn't feel like they're just kind of thrown in there they feel really intentional and they're just they're a nice touch yeah but yeah magnolias is awesome if the lyrics of this track i think are also as far as imagery goes just great yes this was another track i didn't have a lot of notes on because i just was kind of vibing because it's sexy and i had to go back a number of times to just like actually take notes <laughs> it's a good track good yeah junior's fanfare and or gold diggers is very quick it is very quick i think it's cool i almost think of it as a long intro to the next track i do too which 100%. is kind of interesting because it doesn't it, it loosely resembles i mean the melody is kind of there but also not but i think it kind of gets us ready for the lo-fi sound that's about to hit yeah the horn playing's good it i is. actually did not realize that the song shifted so i just wrote like this jazzy opening is really cool it is it's really and cool like, and it's just kind of like oh this is a different song it kind of <laughs> falls it's or it like winds itself down to just a yep. yeah no it's cool it's a but i think i think viewing it as a cool intro isn't is nice that's kind of how i see it yeah i can't decide whether i like details or show enough as my favorite song of the album that's understandable details feels like a wu-tang beat when it opens <laughs> up okay okay i can like, i can see me, that tell me it doesn't i that, you know like, now that you say that I, I really want someone to sample this track and just go nuts with it yeah I don't know yeah. where they're going to go with it. Or maybe Leon Bridges and somebody else do uh, do like a Linkin Park reanimation and they take this track and do something real wild with it. 
But yeah, this this track is awesome. I love the way it opens. I think that the two guitars where you've got it's it's very it's a completely different genre at this point. Um, but it's very Nile Rogers where you're like, okay, this guitar is gonna play the chord. This guitar is gonna play notes that are within the chord, but also kind of throw some hammer-ons in there just for like nice little flourishes and touches. But we're gonna keep the guitars so close that it's almost dizzyingly one guitar when it's not. Yeah. Oh, the tone on that guitar is so good. It too. is. I the 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 wobble in it is so nice. Yep. I don't know if it's just a, a trim, but it's it's just a really nice sound. So good. For a second when I was just doing a casual listen, I really thought I had like accidentally like come off the album and just gone into like 90s hip hop because that <laughs> wobble just sounds like somebody sampling off of like bad vinyl into a sampler. It does. Thing. It does. And then they bring in like strings and piano and horns again and just yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. This is another song that's just it's just really well described intimacy. It's yep. just so good. It is. Also like the really blatant there's like a funk synth in the second chorus. Mm-hmm. I think it's in the bass, but it's just like the most, if I think Parliament Funkadelic synth, this is what I think of. Okay. Coming in. Yeah. And it's like, yep, nope, this all just works. Yep. Perfect. I do love the lyrics in this They're one so good. Like, I like his, when he says the look on your face when I'm driving a little fast. It's just, <laughs> that, to me, that's kind of a, after like being out of the moment, it's like a cute thing to think about. Because I've been yeah. there. I <laughs> have had my moments where I drive a little fast and my wife is a little you, uncomfortable. No. Yeah, me, no. No. It's true. There's, I don't know. My wife is cute even in those moments. But it also makes me slow down because I don't want her to be uncomfortable. That's fair. Yeah. But That's then fair. there's also things like, he says, paint you with both my eyes closed. Like, you know all the details so well that you can close your eyes and still note all of them it's just it's the lyrics are really sweet they are it's a good track it is that's all i got yeah me too but that brings us to your other contender for favorite track which is shona yeah i really can't decide no they're good they're both good which also like props for being eight tracks into a 12 track album and then that's the point where i'm like i don't know these might be my favorite Yeah, you're like most most people serve the good wine at the beginning, and then once you're hooked, they bring out the garbage. But you, Leon Bridges, you have waited until now to bring out. Yeah, thank you for not the good wine your album entirely. No, no, like this album. I think the transitions of this album really keep it fresh. It keeps you listening. We go through highs, we go through lows. It's not the Black Album. No. It's not. No. No offense to the Black Album. We did a listen on it already. It, it's, mm-hmm. But by the end of it, you're, you're like, I heard this track already. Is this the same track I already heard? I'm not sure anymore. Yes. We're not repetitive yep. here. We're nope. not. So what were your thoughts on this one? Yep. I love the organ suddenly showing up on this song. Mm-hmm. 
Thank you. Thank you for that. <laughs> if you're going to do like a funk soul thing, please put an organ in there. Yeah. And it's cool that we get, we get new instruments here and there. We get new instruments, but yeah. we also keep some steady instruments with steady tone. And I like that. Yeah. He actually talked about how he wanted to kind of throw out to other like Houston artists. He specifically name checked U- UGK Underground Kings mm-hmm. because they just had a ton of soul okay. in their production uh-huh. so he just wanted to like go hard on that which yep he did yeah he did this uh, this song specifically i noted that it has just definitive swagger yeah. this song has so much confidence it's just great yeah they kind of, the drop into the chorus just hits super hard mm-hmm. it does this is another one where they're kind of like dropping parts in and out all the time I guess, yeah. like, they have even more instruments to play with on this one, so why not? Yeah, I agree. I just like the main riff, the the guitar riff that it starts off with. Yeah. It's just really catchy. It's nice use of some stuff. There are some slides in there. Not, like, slide guitar playing, but, like, sliding between notes or hammer-ons and pull-offs. It's just really smooth in the transitions, but it just sounds so good. It lays a really good foundation right off the bat yeah did you notice the double guitar in this one it's in like the second chorus and they're it's doing like call and response with the extra vocals that they have come in you know i didn't note that i think i got to a point where i i just saw the double guitar interplay as a like a nice signature of this album and i didn't want to overdo my notes of saying things like this one has really cool two guitar interplay where they sound similar, but they feed off of each other. Well, I felt like I was going to become that song. obnoxious guitarist that only <laughs> focuses on the guitar. So yep. thank you. You're welcome. I actually said that this song, the bass moves a lot and it really has some cool moments in it. Like there, there are one yeah. or two points where the bass jumps up an octave for a little flourish and then drops back out. Yeah. And it's just, it's great playing. Yeah, the bass player absolutely knows when to use small little moments in this. Yeah. I love that the outro is just lyrics that we have not heard up until now. Yeah. And they just kind of like hold on a chord for a minute. Yeah. So with the transition, that moves us into Sweeter, which that I really appreciate them priming you for that transition because this song is... Is a gut punch. Yes. There is just, it, this song makes me legitimately sad to listen yeah. to. This is where, do yourself a favor, go to YouTube and look up Sweeter Live at Gold Diggers. Mm-hmm. And it is more painful. Um, it's just a really intimate version with just he and Martin sitting there on stools playing. Yeah. Um, that intro sax sound is beautiful. Right? Terrence Martin really, really kills it. Oh, yeah. Also, to correct myself, I've been saying Terrence Martin, and I believe it's Terrace Martin. Yes. Do you get, like, the context of when this song, when he put this song out? So he he released it after the news of George Floyd went yep. public went yes. viral blew up um 
went went nationwide as far as news goes. I think in that moment he just decided we are early releasing this. We're pushing it out. Yeah. He actually kind of talked a little bit about how he was never sure like how political he wanted to get and then you know, the George Floyd murder happened. Hmm. And he kind of hit a point where he's like, I, I can't keep not saying anything. No. That, yeah. This track is just, it's beautifully done. It is a true portrait of pain. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, geez, the chorus lines of instead I'm just a story repeating and can't feel peace with those judging eyes. Like, Yeah. Yeah, it's tough. It, it's this is a hard song to listen it to is. on a deep listen because, I mean, especially lyrically. When when I start listening to songs, you know, we listen to these a couple times, uh, and when you really, really dig yourself in on something like this, it's it's hard. It this was it these are the songs that you can tell are written from the heart. They're not just churned out. Um, and, and it's just a vulnerability that I appreciate from an artist. I respect their ability to, to put something like this into words. This track is just, it's a gut punch. Yeah. I thought one really, one really good touch as far as the, the instrumentation goes, is the synth work on it at the beginning almost seems like feedback. Yeah. They're riding one really high note, and they do it through the rest of the song. They'll move, and there's like a little arpeggiated step, and then a, a long hold, and it really helps to evoke the emotion in it. Yeah. It's almost like a church pad. Like, yeah. and I know Leon Bridges spent quite a bit of time in his younger years in church, but yeah, it reminds me of just the pad that you would hear during a, a pastor or preacher just speaking at the end of a service that I've been to. Yeah. And so you'll, they'll be speaking, they'll be praying and some one person will get up and play keys and they'll ride a pad and you'll have a little transition here and there, but it just, it really just creates that foundation for that emotional outpour. Yeah. That was, that's all I had on this track. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. It was kind of hard to talk about this track musically aside from it, which I don't, it's one that I feel very uncomfortable trying to like divorce from the lyrics too. Um, not that I'm saying that we did that, but no, it was just very no. hard to like focus on just that part of it. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I hear you. I think the things that I noticed or when I noticed it like that, the keys part that I was talking about, I only noticed it because the hum sat in a vocal lull at the mm. beginning of the song. Yeah. And this, so when there was a vocal lull and that was the only sound that I heard stood mm -hmm. out. Yeah. And so then it stood out, but then once or twice I heard the movement in the pad. And that okay. jumped out too, because I, you know, you actually hear that like not key hit, but like articulation yeah. in the key movement. But it is very hard not to connect with the 
the lyrics of this song. Yeah. So don't worry. Don't worry is noteworthy as the by and large longest track on the album. Yeah, I have a lot of notes on this one because it is the longest song. Yeah. I mean it it every other song in this album is like radio play length. I don't think we we crest four minutes. We don't. We come to Don't Worry, which clocks in at six forty one. Ooh, yeah. See almost seven minutes. <laughs> so close so close to seven minutes and it is justifiably long yes okay this is the song that i thought was a better example of describing a relationship falling apart Mm -hmm. and i think it's because we get the time to see both sides of it yeah i from a song craft point of view really appreciated that the structure of this is nice storytelling there's even what i think is like a a listener mislead in there Mm -hmm. on first listen i settled into what i expected and where i was sitting on what side of the fence in the side of this yeah fallout until ink drops in and then i was like oh yeah okay Hmm. yeah it's interesting you say that it's wild like she she's singing in the choruses but Bridges does get like three verses before she comes in. He does. He really primed, like he he has you convinced of who is to blame for why the relationship isn't where it is now. Yep. And then all of a sudden she's just like, uh, it was not one time. Yeah. <laughs> why I mean, why do I have to constantly pick you up coming home while you're drunk as hell? Yeah. And Ink has a hell of a voice. Yeah. Like when she gets her solo, it is just great. It's perfect. It's her voice has a beautiful tone. Yeah. But yeah, Bridges gets his character has like three verses. Yeah. She's the lead singer of a band called Vintage Nation, who I didn't okay. find much from, but I just wanted to put that on radar because I feel like both of us would probably. Yeah. No, I, I want to try to dig some up on that. Yeah. I can see a band name like or a group name like Vintage Nation. I can see her voice fitting that aesthetic. Yeah, this song kind of starts with like a lower guitar riff that gave me like a Western vibe for a minute. Too, I actually I thought it. No, the, I, when this song opens, I get Quentin Tarantino movie vibes. You see that? With that Western guitar, but it's like a more vintagey not so much westerny feel yeah but yeah i i really dig it it's a cool start and it doesn't the track goes through like thematic movements it doesn't just sit in that pocket no yeah this is actually the track where i was like oh that starts with a drum machine it's like so clearly a drum machine and then by the end A, it sounds more like live drums, but it's also just, like, much looser. Okay, I could see that. In a way where I'm like, oh, they, either they started supplementing, it feels somewhere in the middle, like, they start supplementing the drums Mm -hmm. from the drum machine. It's weird, actually, at this point in the album, because it's, like, so on time. They, like, didn't even put the swing out on the drum machine. (laughs) They're like, play it straight. Super straight. By the end of it, that is, like, not the case at all. No, the song just, it evolves. 
it evolves with the story i think yeah it gets more complex you get some really cool interplay between all the instruments the bass is doing something different than the guitar which is doing something different than the other guitar yep i think the effects this is a, a track that noticeably has two very different guitar effects on it at point yeah the jangle guitar came in yeah the right guitar the hard pan right guitar actually goes to like a cool sitar tone yeah and has some really the notes have a like a bloom like every note goes through a an affected transition which is is a really cool sound to it i like i mean i think it starts out with some interesting lyrical vision you know what i'm trying to say yeah he's painting a very good picture here. yeah he's painting a really cool visual picture with the like been running around covered in gas playing with matches <laughs> like okay I see where you're going with this. This right off the bat is not good. Nope. The the Leon character makes it sound like he's been trying and somehow for some reason you just kind of drifted away. He's not really sure why. Yeah, it seems like started seeing somebody else. Yeah. And then she comes in with a no dumbass. You've been a pretty bad boyfriend for a while now. Yep. Their harmonies on the choruses are great. They are. I really like the bass, specifically on Ink's solo. Yeah. Because the the bass is, the. I think there's drums there too, but the bass is the only instrument still there. And I think that the choice to keep bass and the way that it plays, it has like a strong strut to it. Mm-hmm. I think it really amps up, the, the note that I said was it really amps up her power move of leaving. Yeah, and just kind of calling him out on it too. Yeah. Like it just it's it's a I think a really well thought out placement. Yeah, it's they they drop the guitar out for her verse, if I remember mm-hmm. right, which almost makes me wonder if we're kind of doing a like growing up playing classical, like I always think about like Peter and the Wolf and like mm-hmm. Bridges plays guitar. Yeah. It definitely feels like we're kind of doing a, a metaphor about like, okay, nope, he is not in this picture here. Yeah, that's interesting. I didn't think about it like that, but I think it's cool to look at it like that. And then, so if we look at it like that, it almost sounds like she calls him out and then the guitar solo is like his kind of rebuttal. Yeah. Because the guitar solo is really, I mean, it's it's bluesy bends. Those bends are so good they are some of them are especially the first bend is a little sharp Mm -hmm. there's a like a quarter tone off on it it's just blues like he's really bb king-esque playing the bends and intentionally missing certain notes in ways that like it's really emotional and so i kind of now view it like you said, that Peter and the Wolf, like instruments represent people, parts. And that's his rebuttal, which brings us to their their little quiet, intimate back and forth. Yeah. And I think there's almost a like a redeem, like a redemption for humanity in the close of their back and forth. Yeah. Like it it at least we've met Bridges character. We sided with him. Then we realized he had a lot to do with why Ink left. But in the end, they're both human. Yeah. Lyrically too, in the bridge, it almost sounds like they make up 
they might do a little bit more than that. And then there's I think a line. They don't go there. I think they they approach the cliff. Yeah. And then there's a line. I don't want to go back. Girl, don't do him like that. Okay, then I have to leave. Yeah, I wrote that exact, like, that exact passage down because I think it's really interesting. It's well written. It's well thought out. This song is a story. It is. It's just a story, and it's a great short story. I was going to say, and I know we talked about how it's like the longest song on the album at like seven minutes, but I think time-wise it's still a very like economical story too like they pack a lot of story into this song agreed agreed it warrants the time like this isn't a song that i think it's old or boring i think clocking in at just under seven minutes is appropriate for this song yeah i just always find it great when artists can there are a couple artists that i can think of and bridges is one of them honestly after listening to this like he can say in one line what it might take somebody a, a verse to say. Yeah, he can. He really can. I like the musical outro. The outro of this song, it, it doesn't just cut. Yep. I think... With the muted guitar and, like, horns and stuff? Yeah. yeah. She has to leave, and then I feel like we get, like, the musical imagery of them parting ways. Yeah, because it even... At least of Leon driving away. It like fades out to a solo horn. Yeah. There's also this kind of weird warble that I caught on yep. one listen. Yeah. It's only it's like 15 seconds out and it sounds almost alien. It reminds compared me compared to any other sound I've heard on the album. It reminds me of like a saw blade. Yeah. A saw blade. I think there's an instrument called a flexitone or something like that too. Mm-hmm. Yes. No, all I thought of was like the like old school uh, lumberjack, like giant saw blade, like whoa, 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 kind of warbly. Yeah. A flexitone yeah. sound is comparable to a musical saw, actually. <laughs> but this <laughs> well, sounds look at that. lower than most of the ones I've heard, so it might be a saw blade. But yeah, it's... It's so quiet. It's though. very quiet it's... and it's right at the end and it's very hard to catch without it going on to the next track. So I definitely like rewound it a couple times, but then was like, I'm not going to figure out what this is. Yeah, I hear you. But it's great. Yeah, no, that's un- it's such a good track. It's so good. And then we got Blue Mesas. And that brings us to the end. Blue Mesas. This track is... Uh, yeah i love this string opening it's great me too good i do too it's this song is the string opening is great they sound so sad yeah he didn't want to put this on the album at first Hmm. it was too much of like his insecurities and not him like telling a story okay i think i respect that but i at the end of the day i think his, uh, especially after reading the article and interview with him, mm-hmm. this is the story. Yeah, it's great. At the end of the day, how we got to where we are in Gold Diggers Sound or in Gold Diggers, how we got to be at Gold Diggers is this. Yeah. Yep. I mean, the way it ends the album, the impact it has on me as a listener is nothing short of profound yeah yeah there's so much like space in this song too to really just kind of call out how lonely he is yeah 
Yeah, I actually said the reverb sounds like they're recreating the feel of a mountaintop. Yeah. But there's also the painful lines of, like, do I need help? No. The don't nobody check off. It's just too real. That feeling that nobody's, like, looking out for you is... It's just rough. It's a it's a rough track yeah. that I mean, if if you've ever experienced mourning, depression, intense stress, loneliness, this track hits so hard. Oh, yeah. He's going some through some stuff. And even with that, like the, yeah. the pocket that the song hits when it does hit is like perfectly like classic soul. Like it is deep and they are. Yeah, they are it really open. is. There's some slidey work done by the strings, the the higher octave, not the bassy ones, but like the higher octave strings. They they slide in an almost not nauseating way, but it like it it adds a touch of disorienting yeah. to it. Them kind of like building back into the strings coming in. I loved. Yeah, I was gonna say that it's interesting because there's like this really well laid out balance of super structure Mm -hmm. and all over the place yeah and i say that because the keys have really nice structured arpeggios at the end it's very sweeping arpeggios through the chord changes right up until we move into these meandering intervals at the end as as the song outros, they meander in a way that I still can't predict. <laughs> yep. The, I like there, there is no, it's not like you go, okay, you play three bars and then you repeat. There's no, there's no repeat. There's no predictable structure to the bars. It's just emotion conducted through sound. Yeah. The horn solo at the end, the choral harmony coming in. Again, bringing in sounds we have not heard right up until the end. Yeah, that's the thing, is this album doesn't stop until it cuts. Yeah, does not resolve. Does not resolve no. the chord. Yeah, that, like the, the reason that I said it leaves a, like a profound impact is when this album stops, if you sit and you listen to this album, you sit down, grab a cup of coffee or a bourbon or whatever you want, and you sit down and you listen to this album... When it stops, you will stop. Yeah. It leaves me in like this momentary introspective state. And you like, you can't help but pause for a minute to collect yourself. Yeah. When it's over. Yeah. This is the song that actually got me the, to the Texas Monthly article. But the pull quote is him saying, I can't even walk away from it. I can't just say, oh, yeah, I'm chill. I'm not going to be this guy anymore. It's like, I'm locked in. You can't step away. You can't really step away from who I am now, hmm. which is just, oof. Yeah. Yeah, Blue Maces is, a, is a, a rough song. And I find a lot of songs that are like about the, the hardness that fame brings usually kind of eye-rolly. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I do. I do feel like most of them try so hard to be like, oh, but it's so hard. And it's like, okay. You are like the biggest band in the world, though. Doesn't. Yeah. I think part of the ways it works is he he presents it in a way 
that it focuses more on the feeling Mm -hmm. and less on the situation. It gets really, really hard to connect when people are saying things akin to, I got all this money and still found nothing. Yeah. The only, I guess, call out to success is when he talks about or when he says that it's only at the top. Literally the first it is him aside from somebody counting it one two three yeah which is another one of those we feel like we're hanging out in the studio moments i love those yeah i'm so glad we didn't cut those and we kept them and we they sparsely appear through the album but aside from that it's the bigger focus is on things like why am i lonely even though i'm surrounded by the ones i know yeah it's the the more grounded, more relatable depression concepts that permeate this song mm-hmm. that make it more, I don't want to say more believable because I'm sure the people that say that even though they got their million dollar yacht, they're not happy, aren't honest. Yeah. They probably aren't happy. But in this moment, the things, the way it's presented, the the ideas are we've all the we've all been in that situation where you're like do do i need help Nah, i'm good mm-hmm. and then you wonder why at the end of the day your day sucks yeah. every day yeah yeah it's just this is a shining example of leon bridges ability to write just a true picture of how he is feeling yeah for sure i i'm really glad he put it on the album me too i don't know how else you'd end the album i mean okay you could end the album with don't with don't worry about me which i didn't say this during our talk about it Mm. um but the idea the phrase don't worry about me is really interesting in of itself like we we all tell people like you know don't worry about me and it's such a throwaway but between the two people who clearly had a very close connection it's more of a shield yeah it's like their push to like no i'm trying to put distance between you it's hard enough not to yep knowing you worry about me makes it worse yep i also i don't know why i didn't really think about this but the fact that the he ends the album on an unresolved chord (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> or like chord progression is i like just started thinking about that and that's actually bonkers like i'm a big fan of people doing that i called that out in yesire and i know we talked about Portishead head in that recording too but just, yeah the fact that he did it at the end is something that like the album never resolves and ending on dissonance is such a risky move yep it is it is a very odd musical choice it leaves the listener unsettled and it kind of comes down to whether or not that's your intent. And if you have gone about it in such a way that leaving, like you've left them with something to contemplate in the, in their unsettled state. And I think that's what he did here. It's why it gives me pause when this song ends. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's perfect for the mood. It is. It really is. I mean, that's my ending thought on it. This album, it makes you introspective. It does. I tip my hat to Leon Bridges. This is a great album. Yeah. 
it is a a fine work of art it's a great album we talked about him not front loading it it almost it does go on like an emotional journey i don't want to say he like backloaded it but no he it does not start where it ended though <laughs> it doesn't no. end where it started for sure no. Which is interesting because it starts where it ended for him. Yeah. yeah. The the first track was the last track written because he needed one more. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that's been Gold Digger Sound. And I can tell you that this is far from the last time that I'll be listening to that album. Yeah, no. Um, it's awesome. And I love it. It's great. Yeah, it took us a while to record this one. And I definitely wound up going back to it to kind of remind myself of it so i didn't leave stuff Mm -hmm. out and i was not mad about it at all (laughs) (laughs) there was no disappointment about having to give it a re-lesson nope well yeah that's that's been gold digger sound Mm -hmm. and that's it for this episode if you're new thanks so much for giving us a try if you're a returning listener thanks so much for coming back we'd love it if you left a review or told a friend about us And if you want to send us questions or album suggestions, email us at lastvestigepod at gmail.com. We'll see you in two weeks. Bye.